Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 7. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezin of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jeshub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, and of the son of Remaliah. Aram, Ephraim, and Remaliah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, Let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves, and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the Sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too scattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. In that day the Lord will whistle for flies from the Nile Delta in Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. They will all come and settle in steep ravines and in the crevices in the rocks, on all the thorn bushes and at all the water holes. In that day the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave your head and private parts and to cut off your beard also. In that day, a person will keep alive a young cow and two goats, and because of the abundance of the milk they give, there will be curds to eat. All who remain in the land will eat curds and honey. In that day, in every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand silver shekels, 
There will only be briars and thorns. Hunters will go there with bow and arrow, for the land will be covered with briars and thorns. As for all the hills once cultivated by the hoe, you will no longer go there for fear of the briars and thorns. They will become places where cattle are turned loose and where sheep run. And so Isaiah chapter 7 comes with a historical context that I need to explain a little bit. And so this is at a time of Assyrian ascendance. And the Assyrian Empire is threatening everyone around Israel, including Israel and Judah. And so the surrounding nations are trying to form various alliances. And so the king of Aram, named Rezin, went to the king of Israel, named Pekah, and said, um, we need to form an alliance. And so those two agreed together, and then they extended the request to the son of Uzziah, who was now king, Ahaz. And Ahaz said, no, I don't think I want to go into an alliance with you guys. And so the net result was Rezin and Pekah uh, decided to march against Jerusalem. So this is the backdrop. So in verse 1, when Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, and so this is right after chapter 6 where King Uzziah died, his son is now king, King Rezin of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. And so they're, they're at war. The northern kingdom is in an alliance with Aram, this king Rezin of Aram, and they're trying to overpower Jerusalem, but they couldn't do it. Verse 2. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. Ephraim was another name for Israel or the northern kingdom. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Now, the Lord then responds prophetically to Isaiah. And he says, get your son and go and speak to um, the king of Judah, to Ahaz, the king of Judah, and tell him not to be afraid and not to lose heart because these two smoldering stubs of firewood referring to Aram and Israel, these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and of the son of Remaliah. So don't be afraid. And Ahaz was still kind of vacillating. And so the Lord spoke to Ahaz in verse 10 and said, Ask the Lord, through Isaiah, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest of depths or the highest of heaven. And Ahaz responded with some kind of false religious humility. He said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Now, one of the greatest prophets who ever lived had just told him to ask. And his response was, I will not ask. So in a sense, this was a form of, of sneering at Isaiah or, or disobedience. And Isaiah was provoked. In verse 13, Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? In other words, Ahaz, I see right through your false humility, you know, your unwillingness to ask God for a sign. God offered you a sign, and, and you're trying his patience and my patience as well. But then something totally unexpected happened. Now, friends, i got to explain this briefly before I, I give you the Scripture. In the Scriptures, many times, there are prophetic words that 
are cyclical. They occur, they have a significance in one generation, and they have a further significance at a later generation. This is one of the most important examples of that in the Bible, what's to come. Because in verse 14, there's a messianic prophecy given. But in verse 14, there's also a prophecy that's given to Ahaz as a sign. So it's a a now and not yet sign given. Verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, Ahaz. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which of course is God with us. Now in the New Testament, this is um, clearly explained as pertaining to Jesus. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. And so this prophetic sign that the Lord offered Ahaz ultimately points to the Messiah. But there is a, an application for this that occurred in the lifetime of Ahaz. Apparently, there was a young woman who was given a child, and it was a, a prophetic sign. And the boy was a real human being that was born in that generation. And so the prophecy goes on to speak about that first boy. Verse 15, he will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. And he goes on to say he'll bring the king of Assyria. Now, uh, before he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. That's the age of accountability. Before he's 12 or 13 years old, the northern kingdom and Aram are going to be destroyed by the Assyrian Empire. And so this this sign of the, the natural boy uh, was to be followed by the destruction of the north. So let me just circle back. The Lord was telling the son of King Uzziah, the current king Ahaz, don't be afraid. I've got your back. And not only that, Israel, the northern kingdom, is going to be destroyed along with the Aramites. They're going to be destroyed. You don't have to worry about them. And so he was trying to get Ahaz's attention. But Ahaz essentially scoffed at um, the Lord's prophet, Isaiah. He was not really interested in the, the Lord's prophetic sign. And so the Lord gave him a sign anyway, but much, much more than he asked for. The Lord revealed through Isaiah the prophet in chapter 7 that the Messiah would be virgin-born and that he would come and he would be known as God with us. This child that was born in the time of King Ahaz was not known as God with us. So it was a two-fold prophecy, a two-pronged fulfillment to occur, both in the natural realm and in the, in the supernatural realm with the coming of the Messiah. Lord, um, your words many times in Scripture are uh, deeper than a surface reading will uncover. Give us eyes to see, Lord, uh, the layers within your prophetic Scriptures, and in fact, the layers within all your Scriptures. Help us to understand what you were saying in context and the generation to which the words were given. But help us, Lord, to understand what is being said to us in our generation. We thank you for the sign of the uh, the child Jesus, who was born of the Virgin Mary, and who became God with us. Lord, let us relate to Jesus as God with us, as never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.